Welcome to episode 127 of the Tennis Podcast. I'm your only host, Nick Amell. Hello? Well, if you're the only host, I I don't know what I'm doing. I, I guess I'm just hanging out and listening. Well, I guess it's time for me to come clean. We joked about it before, but it's the truth. I am both Nick and Brandon. I alter my voice slightly and record twice and then layer the files together to make it sound like there's two of us here. <laughs> so, isn't that I great? I just don't know where I come in on that. <laughs> well... Brandon, who's actually me, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Brandon, and I'm the sidekick host. Yep, and every week, we are known for our really smooth and creative intros, and we're also known for guessing each other's top tennis lists. One of us brings a list, the other tries to guess items 1 through 10 on that list without knowing what the list is ahead of time. And usually, this would be around the time Brandon tells me his list, but because I like to keep Brandon guessing... We're going to uh, start with podcast reviews today. Okay. You like to keep me guessing. I I have no fucking clue what direction you're going to go at any moment. So, yeah, I'm... (laughs) Isn't this fun? Constantly guessing. Isn't it fun? Yes. (laughs) The people, they love it, Brandon. So, every week I read podcast reviews, usually at the end. We're going to do it first today. And the first one comes from Stinky Crow (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. That's a good name. (laughs) Who says... (laughs) Definitely worth checking out. The hosts have natural chemistry and have lots of laughs regarding the topic of the episode. The topic always changes, so there's a little something for everyone. Subscribed and ready for more. The topic always changes is a lot like I always keep Brandon guessing. Sure. Thank you, Stinky Crow. I mean, do you think I was born to do this, Brandon? Be a podcast host? Yeah. Is this my divine? Mm -hmm. Okay. The next one comes from Trilby Norton on Apple Podcasts, who says, What a great podcast. I love the dynamic between Nick and Brando. <laughs> yep, that's me. Unclear if that's a nickname or just a misspelling. It's my magician name. Yeah. I prefer Brandy, but one is enthusiastic and exuberant, the other dry and cynical. Which one do you think is which? Oh, I don't know. It, it could just probably depends on the episode. It makes their back and forth really amusing and the episodes are so well researched. I think what they meant is Nick's episodes are so well researched. Making it funny and educational. Really looking forward to more. Thanks. Those were two nice ones. As exuberantly and enthusiastically as I can say, since that's clearly the one I am and you're the dry, cynical, boring, uh, dumb one. Neither of those things equate to boring. I'd like to thank you for your reviews and if you want me to read your review on a future episode, then... Go write a fucking review and I'll read it. And one more thing before we get started because I like to drag this out. I'm going to get a plug out of the way here early. This month in April, we're doing first month free on Patreon. You get two bonus episodes this month and new bonus episodes every month, including our latest on World Monkey News. Remember the Chinese are cloning monkeys over there? All kinds of weird shit they're up to. But that's out now. You can listen to it for free. Patreon.com slash Tennis Pod has all the deets. Monkey news is what you get when I do the research. Yeah, so tell me about your research. What are we talking about today? Well, had I known you were going to throw so many curveballs, I might have saved such a sweet plum for another episode. But since it's the only one I've got, it's the only, I, the only plum I've got in front of me right now is uh-huh. this sweet plum. I'm going to give it to you anyway. You're going to love this. Today, we're going to talk about the top 10 Seinfeld side characters. Oh, I am going to love this. 
They are ranked by their number of appearances. Oh, okay. The data for this comes from, have you ever been to Kramersapartment.com? I actually have. I've done research there for some Seinfeld thing in the past. Yeah, Kramer's apartment uh, is where this, uh, the data table came from. Over the course of nine seasons, Seinfeld introduced more than 1,200 characters. Really? The vast majority of them, 93%, only appearing in two episodes or less. And those include some memorable ones too, like Izzy Mandelbaum and Lloyd Braun. Izzy Mandelbaum's only in two, huh? I guess that sounds right, yeah. Yeah. I think same thing with Lloyd Braun. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Two different actors for him, too. Yeah. I prefer the later one, the one who, uh, in, the, <laughs> the, in the Serenity Now. Yeah, for sure. He's more unhinged. Serenity Now is the one where he works in... For in, Frank. In Frank Stan's yeah. garage versus uh, George in a computer selling contest. And then it turns out he keeps ringing his bell. This is just going to be a really annoying episode if people don't like Seinfeld. Yeah. (laughs) But he rings his bell and says, rack me up another one on the big board, Mr. Costanza. (laughs) And at the end, it turns out he didn't sell any computers because he's insane. (laughs) It is brilliant. And by the way, yeah, if you haven't watched Seinfeld or you don't like Seinfeld, first of all, fucking unsubscribe. Secondly, you might just skip this week and go to next week. Or thirdly, just go watch Seinfeld and then turn this back on. Wait till you have to turn your words against you in two weeks when I bring you a Goodfellas or Sopranos top 10. Uh, I'm kind of sick of talking to Chris Farley lately. But wanted to ask you, so this top 10 list is ranked by number of appearances. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the, the table on Kramer's apartment, I took out a few that did not have a name like a character name or a mm-hmm. speaking role. Like there is a guy who is just like, he's called like man on the sidewalk who yeah. has appeared in several dozen episodes, but he's never spoken. He doesn't have an actual name. Everyone on yeah, this I, list I've has a name that. and has spoken. Is everyone outside of the main four considered a side character? Yes. All right. All right. I'm going to fucking nail it. I'm going to 100% this list. 10 out of 10. No mistakes. Okay, sure. God be with you. So, I've seen every episode of Seinfeld and I would bet that this episode I've seen least, I've probably still seen 15 times. Okay. (laughs) And I'm not exaggerating. I'm just trying to give some context for my uh, Seinfeldism. I have a Seinfeld tattoo. I have a signed Jerry Seinfeld picture in like five feet from my face. I think about Seinfeld sometimes when I'm intimate with myself. Think about... (laughs) If you don't do well on this list, you're really swinging your Seinfeld nuts around pretty hard right now. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to guess in the top half, uh, like the, uh, in between one and five is David Putty. Putty isn't in the top 10. <laughs> Why? I don't know because he's not. He, uh, let me tell you where he falls. He is tied for number 12 with Lippmann. With Mr. Lippman. Okay, well, now he that I know that this is a fake list. Appeared in 10 total episodes. Well, you know, I was trying to avoid, you know, like four of the top, I don't know, five or six have to be the four parents. So, both of Jerry's parents and both of George's. So, let's just start with uh, Helen Seinfeld, Jerry's mom. Helen Seinfeld. Well, where do you want to guess she is on this list? I'm going to get, okay. So, if Putty's in 10, 
Putty Seinfeld's is tied for 12 with 10 appearances. 10. That's, yeah, that's what I meant. So Helen's had to have been, she was in the first episode. So that's nine seasons. I don't know. I have to think at least like three appearances minimum per season. I'm going to guess she's number six. She's number seven. Fucking knew it. Helen Seinfeld has 21 total appearances. That seems low, but all right. Well, this is according to Mr. Kramer Apartment. Okay. I'll take now, it. 21. I don't have the world's most extensive notes on the specific Seinfeld characters, although you could do tons and tons of notes just because of the uh, intricacies of the stories, but we don't want people to purposely drive their cars off of a cliff. Including Trilby Norton, who just praised us for our research. Right. This might be too in-depth to go uh, too in-depth into each one. But uh, for those who may not know, Helen Seinfeld is Jerry Seinfeld's mom. She almost always appears with Jerry's dad, Morty. She's often needed to provide reason to Jerry and Morty's eccentric lifestyle, though she is overprotective of Jerry, and she often refuses point blank to do anything that would inconvenience him. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only secondary character to appear in all nine seasons. The only secondary character to appear? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, she appeared in the very first episode of the first seat or in the first season. Mm -hmm. And almost every character appeared in the ninth season because they came back in the final Mm -hmm. episode. I think Helen, uh, I think both of Jerry's parents actually, because people always focus on George's parents and rightfully so, they are the two of the best characters, period, in the whole show. But Jerry's parents, I always get a kick out of. Including, I love how they, <laughs> they just, <laughs> Jerry's parents and their relationship with Jerry, like, perfectly capture the old person parent dynamic. Like, not letting you pay for anything at the restaurant, right? Well, they're also the total opposite parents of Frank and Estelle, where Frank and Estelle yeah. are have contempt for for george (laughs) jerry's parents think the sun rises and sets over their sweet son jerry he can do no wrong Mm -hmm. yeah did you notice that they're all only children in the show i think george might reference a sister at one point like once but then it was a very early episode yeah yeah or just wasn't referred to again Mm mm-hmm yeah Anyway, and you know, uh, Helen, uh, I just watched recently the episode where uh, it's the uh, Schindler's List episode. Sorry, Schindler's Schindler's List List. episode. (laughs) When Jerry is making out during Schindler's Uh List with his girlfriend. They're so clueless and innocent. And also fucking Morty's eyes when he gets excited and like... (laughs) When he... Morty is... Well, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's not talk about Morty Morty is one of my favorite guys. According to Jerry, Helen Seinfeld has never once set foot in a natural body of water. That's right, yeah. She pees in one of his juice glasses. I don't remember that. Because Elaine needs a clean urine sample and she had been eating the poppy seeds which show up on the drug test. Oh, right. And she asks she scored Mrs. Seinfeld. She, for, she scored mm-hmm. some piss from Helen. Yeah, this, this episode that we're recording right now is not going to be fun for anybody that does not watch Seinfeld. Because, yeah, we're in the weeds here. Well, uh, the last thing about Helen Seinfeld, 
Uh, just like Jerry, Helen Seinfeld has an equal hatred for Newman. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like Morty, she does not like the Costanza family. She looks down on them. I do like that episode. <laughs> the episode or just the storyline of Helen and Morty, Jerry's parents, moving to Del Boca Vista and George's parents getting word of it. And like, I think <laughs> George suggested they move down there. <laughs> and Helen and Morty are immediately like, oh, you wouldn't like it down there. You'd hate it down there. Frank and Estelle figure out that they don't want them there. And that's when they decide they're moving. He's and like, that's it. <laughs> George says, what made you want to move? And he goes, Frank goes, they don't want us there. So, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be all over that shuffleboard cart. And I dare you. That's like my, that is my favorite Seinfeld moment, period. That's all I have so on, on Jerry's mom, yeah. Helen Seinfeld. So, let's go Morty at, I mean, it's hard. Are there any ties on this list? Yes. Okay. There are two characters tied for number eight. There's two number eights, no number nine. So, Morty has had to have been in as many episodes as Helen with the, ex- uh, with the caveat being that he was played by a different actor the first time. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it was only once and every time after that it was the same actor. So, if we're going by character, then I'm going to go Morty Seinfeld tied for number eight at 20 appearances. Yeah, you're right. That is right, and I believe that is the reason that he is 20 and not 21 appearances. Nailed it. Now, Morty, which is also an awesome name, short for Mortimer. Is that right? You may also recognize him as the number one dad. Yep. This shirt is never leaving my body. (laughs) He's Jerry's father. He has strong, if sometimes outdated, convictions about business and the way of the world. He spent mm-hmm. some time as a politician in his Florida retirement community. <laughs> During his working years, he sold raincoats with Harry Fleming and was the inventor of the beltless trench coat. Sounds <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he hates Velcro because of that tearing sound. Mm-hmm. He is extremely mindful of money, once calculating the interest and lost value of $50 <laughs> that was owed several decades ago. <laughs> and I could picture that scene when he's got the glasses that like <laughs> the magnify his eyes by like thing. 40 times. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's got the calculator that has the paper that prints out the top of it. Uh-huh. Like an accountant's calculator and he's figuring out the fucking interest on $50 owed to his wife from when she was a little girl. My grandparents had one of those calculators for like doing their checkbook and I was always go in there and just go fucking crazy on it and mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so fun, fun. yeah it was like a little yeah. typewriter <laughs> so uh, more about morty he engages in frequent disputes with jerry over money refusing to let yes. his son pay for anything in his presence particularly <laughs> restaurant checks uh, you and may... that's why jerry gets him a tip calculator yeah that's right that was my second bullet Wizard. point on here was it's a tip calculator <laughs> It does other things. <laughs> In the episode, <laughs> The Money, Elaine gets Morty a job at J. Peterman Catalog. Mm-hmm. And after J. Peterman returns, uh, in this bullet point that I copied, they referred to him as <laughs> Jacopo Peterman. <laughs> it's, it's Hakobo. Hakobo. Hakobo 
Yeah. They refer to him as Hakapo Peterman fires Morty when he returns uh, because Morty is complaining that they're working too late into the night and it was 5.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love every time Jerry's down in Florida visiting his parents, there's always a joke in there about like how early how they go they're to, doing everything. Yeah. yeah, They go to dinner at like 3 o'clock and they go to bed and Jerry's like, all right, 7.30, got the whole house to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, that's actually how it is around my house. Now, yeah. I have quotes here from Morty Seinfeld. I actually mm-hmm. have no quotes for anyone else on this list. The only one that I just thought I was compelled to copy these quotes down uh, was for Morty. The first one is, look, I got a few years left. If I want to chip ahoy, I'm having it. <laughs> It's just amazing that he called that like he called it a single chip ahoy. <laughs> yeah, and that reminds me. It, it, was he on the phone when he said that? I think it might have been because yeah. Jerry calls them, and every time he calls them, both Helen and Morty are on the line on different phones. That's yeah, they usually are. Yeah, which is funny. Cheap fabric and dim lighting. That's how you move merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the uh, raincoat. Uh, and that's it. Morty is, is underrated. You with me on that? Like, no yeah. one ever talks about Morty. The other great yeah. thing about that number one dad t-shirt is how fucking tight it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, how jealous, how, like, irrationally jealous Izzy Mandelbaum is. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, so you think you're number one? <laughs> it, it, yeah, the shirt is a slap in the face to Izzy Mandelbaum, <laughs> played by uh, Lloyd Bridges. And he gets one that says, world's greatest dad. And he's like, world's greatest? Better than number one? And Jerry's like, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. <laughs> Jerry fucking always has that quip. Isn't that crazy to you? Think about, you've seen Seinfeld a ton, just like me. Yeah. Wouldn't you have thought Morty and Helen are in way more than 20 and 21 episodes? Yeah. Yeah, you would. But I think that it just goes back to there's more than 1,200 characters. So... When a character shows up more than once, they stick out. It's a revolving door of people in like stores and other places and then dates. Okay. I'm pretty sure Frank and Estelle are in less episodes than Morty and Helen by a few. Although maybe not because the reason I said that is because Frank and Estelle don't make an appearance till like season three or four. But they are in some episodes where the Seinfelds aren't. Like I'm pretty sure the Marble Rye episode. The Costanzas are in, but the Seinfelds are not. Mm-hmm. The uh, one so where Steinbrenner s- tells him that George is dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling on if they're above or below the Seinfelds. I'm going to say they're below. Uh, I'm going to say they're tie. Uh, well, they're either eight or nine. But let's start with Frank, I guess. Well, remember, there's no number nine. There's another number eight oh. and there's a ten. Well, then I guess... They must be above the Seinfelds then. I'll say that six is uh, Estelle. No. Estelle is number five. She Fucking, has 27 appearances. I was in sniffing distance. I am pretty sure the one that she is in that Frank is not is the one where the she's contest. in the hospital and yells yeah. at George about treating his body like an amusement <laughs> like park. Like an amusement park. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's George's mom, Estelle Costanza. Yeah. She's George's highly obnoxious and melodramatic mother. Hell of an ass on her too. <laughs> she constantly squabbles with Frank 
<laughs> squabbles. Constantly is correct. Yeah. Constantly squabbles with Frank and George about their actions, but is the closest thing to reason in the Costanza household. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. That may just makes me laugh that she's described <laughs> as the closest thing to reason. <laughs> George claims that she has never laughed ever. Yeah. And then uh, she, when she does think something's funny, she'll, doesn't she just say, that's funny? Yeah, exactly. Frank and Estelle, uh, George's parents, sleep in separate beds. Uh, at, least, Jimmy likes. at least some of the time, uh, although George did have sex in their bed in the episode, The, the Cigar Store Indian. <laughs> but you're right. They sleep in separate beds, not because of marital problems, although they do have those, uh, but because Estelle has the Jimmy arms according to Frank. Oh, that's right. And Kramer says, you can get that in your arms too. And Frank says, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Estelle, Frank always gets the attention, rightfully so. But Estelle is right there. And she is the perfect package with Frank. They yep. are just amazing. And I think we've covered, because, you know, we covered Seinfeld. I, was, I looked yeah, earlier we, back on episode 32. We've kissed their butts pretty good before, yeah. So, I may have mentioned this there, but almost 100 episodes ago, so give, give us some slack here. I read that when Jerry Stiller was brought in to be Frank Costanza, which he was the second actor to play Frank Costanza, mm -hmm. he was supposed to be uh, kind of cowardice uh, and submissive to Estelle. Uh -huh. But as an actor, he was getting so frustrated that he couldn't get his lines in that he started yelling back out of character uh, and they loved it so much that they asked him to keep doing it. And that's how angry, yelling Frank Costanza was born. You can't imagine him any other way. And it explains, yeah. I think I've said this before, it explains everything you need to know about George. Mm -hmm. About why he would be such a lying, <laughs> sneaky, <laughs> vengeful, manipulative. Do you remember when George is living there and they're having breakfast in the kitchen, the three of them? Frank just jumps out of his seat and I think he might even stand up on... No, he doesn't stand up on the chair, but he acts like he's going to. And they're like, what? And he says, a mouse, a mouse. <laughs> and he said, I will not tolerate infestation. <laughs> and then Estelle just says, all right, Frank, that's enough. And then he just slowly <laughs> sits. <laughs> he was ready to go to war and she talked him down. <laughs> he said, that's it, we're moving. Yeah, Frank. Oh, wait, we're not even on Frank. We're on Estelle. No, you might as well go ahead and guess him. Yeah, so Frank has got to be six then. Yeah, he is number six. He actually has 26 appearances. He's got one fewer than her. And one of them is a different actor. So that means Jerry Stiller was in 25. Right. If Kramer's apartment is correct. Which, We're, you know. It's the Bible today. Yeah. Right now, it's the Bible. Frank Costanza, as we mentioned, is George's father. His ancestors come from Tuscany. <laughs> Yes. He, he's very quick to anger. He was a traveling businessman who detests removing his shoes in other people's homes. <laughs> and wears Why his, did I just remove your shoes? He wears his sneakers in the swimming pool. <laughs> he reacts violently if someone asks him to take off his shoes on more than one occasion. It's because he believes his feet have a bad odor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he's also a former cook in the army and he learned to speak Korean while serving in the Korean War. Everything about him makes me laugh. I don't, it's not funny to be able to speak Korean, but it's funny 
if Frank Costanza <laughs> speaks Korean. Yeah. He invents the holiday Festivus as a reaction to the cultural commercialism of Christmas. Which is an excuse because really he did that because he couldn't get the last doll for his son. <laughs> he just went, it sounds like he wanted an excuse to like basically do what he was already doing is yelling at his family and then he wanted to wrestle with them. <laughs> it really, like outside of a comedy show context, Frank Costanza is like... <laughs> A psychopathic abuse, like emotional abusive husband who also wrestles his full-grown son during Festivus. Yeah. But I'm here for it. Uh, now, as you mentioned, uh, Frank has several flaws, which include a paralyzing fear of mice, rats, and other forms of household infestation. Uh-huh. Uh, he also has a phobia, which disables him from spending his silver dollars... <laughs> Which he's collected <laughs> since he was 18 years of age. And when he's going over the silver dollars with George in that restaurant booth. A silver dollar? And <laughs> George looks like he wants to kill himself. Uh, Frank seems to have a predilection for squirrels. In the episode The Conversion, where George is considering converting to the Latvian Orthodox Church, Frank asks if this is the group that goes around mutilating squirrels. <laughs> And asks specifically that George stays away from squirrels. Yeah. He also collects TV guides. That's right. You know, about the speaking Korean thing, it's funny how the other characters in the show, including the main four, all kind of interact with George's parents. Mm -hmm. And Kramer's friends with him, first of all. But also that Elaine uses Frank to spy on the Korean Manny Petty place. What is that? The salon. Salon. Yeah. Yeah. And she takes Frank there to spy on him. And don't they mention his feet when they're speaking about him in Korean? <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. It makes me just want to <laughs> forget the rest yeah, of the list and go watch it. Yeah. Let's just stop and go do that. So, yeah, that's Frank Costanza. The best character in the show other than George. I'd put him above Kramer even. Mm-hmm. All right. So, earlier you mentioned Jay Peterman. Mm-hmm. He's got to be eight or ten. He I'll is say 10. tied for eight. Okay. For Morty Seinfeld, he has twenty appearances. That's pretty impressive, considering he wasn't even introduced till what season seven, I think. Yeah. So he was in a lot. Jay Peterman, or also just Peterman, was Elaine's boss in the last three seasons, and she, he is the fictitious founder of the real life Jay Peterman Company. Eccentric adventurer and world traveler, Peterman once fired Elaine on suspicion of opium addiction. Yeah. She failed a drug test, as you mentioned, after consuming a poppy seed muffin, which I've seen one of, I think it might have been Mythbusters, to eat enough poppy seeds to set off a drug test, like a piss test, you would have to eat like gorge on tons and tons and tons of muffins. Well, Elaine has one every day, I think. I don't think that classifies as a gorge. So, you're a poppy seed gorging expert now, huh? I am thinking right now how if I had a bunch of muffins here, I would, be, I would want to gorge on them. Yeah. Oh, and also he fired her for her extreme dislike of the film The English Patient. That's a really good episode. Elaine uh, is really good when she's angry. And mm-hmm. thinks everyone around her is an idiot, which 
is kind of the foundation of her entire character. But when it really comes out in those episodes like English Patient and when George gets the uh, hairpiece, comes out then too. Lots of mm-hmm. examples. I don't like this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I'm doing with it. Despite being the owner of a well-known catalog, Jay Peterman seems to have a very awkward social life and eccentric personality, such as the time he moved to Burma to settle his problems. He spent much of his life traveling the world and experiencing various cultures and escapades. He uses these stories to advertise the products in his catalog. He also uses his travels to witness various fashion customs to replicate in the catalog. And we can't forget the Bosco episode. Yes. Bosco. He somehow ends up with, he's giving George a ride or something. Stops by because mm-hmm. his, his Nana, is it his Nana? No, it's his, his mom. Mother? He might call her Nana, but it's his mom. He says, Mama, it's me, Huckabo. <laughs> and uh, as she's dying, George whispers, because he can't confess it to anyone and any of his friends or his girlfriend, he can't tell his girlfriend his password for his... He can, he just won't. Yeah, he, he speaks it to this dying woman who <laughs> sits up and goes, Bosco! <laughs> Bosco! Anyway, that's... Do you remember when he, um, Elaine makes up a Suze or Susan in the office to blame stuff on and she's not real? <laughs> when she's ready for it to be over, she just starts telling people that Susan died. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone goes to Susan's funeral and there's like dozens of people there. And Peterman gets up at the stand and starts talking about his uh, romantic escapades with Susan, who wasn't even real. <laughs> yeah, that's Peterman. You know who I don't think is on here? Well, I'm quite confident they're not on here, but I'll give a shout out to Mr. Pitt. No, Mr. Pitt is not on here, although I can tell you he is right after Putty. And then you might have mentioned Littman already, right? Elaine's other boss? Yeah, Mr. Littman is tied with Putty. So, I'm going to throw out a couple other names that people might be thinking about that I'm quite sure are not in the top 10. We got Tim Watley, who's only in three or four episodes. Yeah. But God, you know, you're in three or four episodes of a sitcom 25 years ago and people still bring it up. It's pretty incredible, right? There's going to be no Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez was in three episodes. George's boss at Play Now. What's his name? Uh, Kruger. Uh, He's probably in... Five to eight, I'm guessing, episodes. Yeah, Kruger, played by Daniel Von Bargan. Who's dead. Who's dead. Yeah, we've talked about his, him being dead before. He was in four episodes. Loved that Kruger. All right. So, uh, who is 10? Right on the fringe, between Peterman and Putty, basically. Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo is number 10. Did I... Fucking giddy up, that, that, that was a great guess. Uncle Leo is number 10 with 15 appearances. Uncle Leo has a lot of nice things written about him in his description, like... Jerry, hello! He's Jerry's uncle. He's the brother of Helen Seinfeld. He's the one who owed her 50 bucks. His description describes him as a bit of an old coot. Is this Wikipedia? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a son, Jeffrey who works in the New York City Parks Department. He yeah. mentions it every opportunity. <laughs> He's also very keen on Jerry stopping to say hello. Yeah. And you didn't say hello? You gotta say hello. 
Often when something doesn't go the way Uncle Leo wants it to, he attributes it to anti-Semitism. <laughs> we find out at some point he was once convicted of a crime of passion. Yeah. We never do find that out, do we? But it's like implied to be like mob or mafia related, right? Oh, I, I, I don't remember. So, you might be I right. don't remember what it was said, but that's always been my impression. Which is ridiculous because it's Uncle fucking Leo. Right. I do love when he gets his eyebrows blown off. <laughs> Elaine draws him on angry. <laughs> and the fucking doctor, who's a doctor, walks back <laughs> in and doesn't immediately recognize him as drawn. He's getting, yeah, he started getting scared. Calm down now. Yeah, Uncle Leo's last name is never revealed. Uh, in an episode where Leo signs for a package that's addressed to Jerry, he mm-hmm. actually signs it Uncle Leo. That's the episode where he gets the eyebrows blown off because it's a bomb. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so that's Uncle Leo. I like Uncle Leo. I think he just passed away like this last year, if I recall. He must have been 104. You're too good to say hello to your uncle? All right. I don't think these are in the top 10 either, but I'll give them a shout out. That's the Rosses, Susan's parents. No, they're not. I'm going to guess that Susan is number, well, hang on, before I guess, who could be above Susan? I'm pretty sure number one, by the way, a neighbor that I'm saving. Um, So, if Susan was going to be two, is there anyone that could be higher than Susan? Let me do a quick check here. There's no other girlfriends, boyfriends other than Putty that are in like that many episodes. Nope. I'll say Susan is two. Susan's not number two. Susan is number four. I knew it. I was doing a multiple of two. 28 appearances for Susan Ross. Susan was George's on and off again girlfriend and later fiance. She was the daughter of wealthy parents. She worked for NBC before getting fired as a result of her relationship with George. Then she, after he picked his nose uh, in front of her, she broke up with him and became a lesbian. And partnered with... No, a, he didn't pick her nose in front of her. That was part of him trying to drive her away. Are you thinking about when he's trying to get wedding canceled? No. And he starts this smoking is like cigarettes the very, No, this is the, their like first go around. Okay. Well, because Jerry picks his nose. She broke up with him and became a lesbian and partnered with a woman named Mona. But then she later returned to her relationship with George and became engaged to him. Mm-hmm. She died from licking cheap, toxic wedding invitation envelopes that George had bought. And George feels and shows zero remorse for that. That's exactly what this says. It says, George initially shows little remorse at her demise despite her devotion to him. That's one thing I like about Seinfeld compared to other shows like Friends and plenty of other examples, but Friends is like the closest comparison to Seinfeld for most people. Part of the reason is that Seinfeld will not play anything straight. They will take everything, no matter how dark or twisted or sensitive it is, and it's a joke every time. Right. Whereas Friends and, and pretty much every other show I can think of, even comedy sitcoms, they always have those moments of seriousness. Like if a character died, it would usually be a serious moment, right? Yeah. Seinfeld, there's no time for that shit. It's always sunny in Philadelphia is the other yeah. exception too. That's another example. Now here's the proof. It's in my notes here. She briefly got back together with George in the episode The Pick, 
but George decided he did not want to be in a relationship with her after all, and he deliberately picked his nose so she would dump him. The next time he saw her, she was in a lesbian relationship. Oh, baby. George presumed he had driven her to it. Her lover was seduced by Kramer, though. <laughs> That's right. At the video store. Is the pick the one that he picked? Is, is that the same one as Jerry's pick? And Jerry, and when yeah, he finds out so. Jerry's girlfriend was driven away, he, he adopts it. Yeah. yeah. You know, my favorite part of that, um, the video store where George runs into Susan and she's a lesbian. It's the first time he's seen her in, I don't know, months if not years. Like the first or second thing he asks her is like, I've always wondered, if you two are dancing, who leads? <laughs> and she just looks at him and says, you're an idiot. <laughs> you like, couldn't wait to ask that stupid question. <laughs> Susan yeah. does not have a lot of standout moments uh, as a character, which is not her role. You know, she's the straight, quote, straight man. But yeah, she's kind of unremarkable on her own. Yeah. Again, for those who may not be familiar, she does have a pretty, like her relationship with George is pretty amazing, especially in season seven. That's when they reunited in an episode called The Engagement. And on a whim, George proposes to her uh, and he says that her lesbianism didn't take. The Engagement lasted the entire seventh season, which is one of the best season for George George being like, Mm -hmm. George, uh, yeah, miserable, trapped somewhere. And eventually he realized he, you know, was trapped in this engagement, especially when a potential relationship with Marissa Tomei was ruined because of it. That's right. He tried every method to get out of uh, the engagement. And ultimately, in the season finale, his choice of low-quality wedding invitations proved to be his saving grace. The low-quality glue on the invitations proved overpowering to Susan as she used her tongue to moisten and seal them all ultimately giving her an overdose and killing her. George wasted no time in calling Marissa Tomei. However, she Mm -hmm. was no longer interested. She hangs up on him. Yeah. He says something like, you know, the quirky, funny, bald man. (laughs) That's Susan Ross. I'm I'm really struggling with the rest. Um, Again, I think I know number one. Maybe I'll guess him in a minute if I can't think of anyone else. So who could three and two be that's in more than Susan? Is it a character that's like minor that like just shows up a lot? One of them is, yes. Is it the uh, the owner of Monk's Cafe? Not the owner. Is it the waitress? Oh, it's the uh, the cashier there. It's the cashier. Do you know her name? Fucking uh, big Seinfeld nuts, Nick. I didn't know her name before. This. I mean, I do know her name, but for the for the benefit of the audience, uh, I'll let you read off your notes here. <laughs> okay, it's Ruthie Cohen. Yeah, that's right. She plays the cashier at the restaurant Monks that they eat at. She has appeared in 101 episodes. Ah, that's bullshit. She has a name, a character named Ruthie Cohen. She has had speaking parts. She is featured most prominently in the episode The Doll. Uh, Most of her speaking lines occur in season eight. She's number one? Yeah, she has 101 appearances. Yeah, that's it. There's not a whole lot on number one, Ruthie Cohen. Basically, that's what cheating. she does a lot of is, well, it's not. It's in, the, it's in the data, but she's in the background of 101 episodes cashiering at the diner. Yeah. What a gig for that person, though, that actress. I know. Right? They could have just as easily switched it out with just whoever, anybody, anytime, yeah. and nobody would have noticed, but 
they kept the exact same one the whole time. Even gave her some speaking roles and involved her in some episodes. So, one of these two that I have left, is it someone like Ruthie like this that is kind of in the background? No, it's someone who has... They, both of the two characters left have lots of speaking lines. Okay. Well, I'm having trouble. Uh, so, one of them's Newman. Yep. Newman's got to be two. Newman is number two. He has 45 appearances. That's who I thought was one. Newman. Jerry's arch nemesis and Kramer's friend yes. is Newman. He's listed as number 16 on Rolling Stone's 40 Greatest TV Villains. That is amazing. He is a villain, though. Yeah. My favorite Newman moments are when he and Jerry work together, sometimes with Kramer. When they're forced to mm-hmm. through gritted teeth. Yeah, or like when Newman, a good example of this is the Soup Nazi episode when at the very end, Soup Nazi's closing up shop and he's giving away the rest of his soup and Jerry runs into Newman on the street and Newman, you know, they hate each other, allegedly, so Newman could easily just blow him off, but instead he fills Jerry in. He's giving away all the soup. I got to run home and get a big pot. And then he <laughs> runs past Jerry. You know what I mean? Like he didn't yeah. have to fill Jerry in like that, but they kind of have those moments where they're, uh, I think they're friendlier than they think they are. Yeah, Wayne Knight, I don't know if he gets enough credit for being a, like, doing some physical comedy sometimes, too. Oh, yeah. That little asshole can move. Yeah. He can, he can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He moved very quick for a fat man. The reason for Jerry and Newman's animosity was never revealed. Although, I think (laughs) you could just, like, chalk it up to Newman is an annoying, obnoxious person. Yeah. Well, and... (laughs) There's time, like the Schindler's List episode I talked about earlier, Newman was in the back of the theater watching Jerry, (laughs) watching Jerry make out. And instead of watching the movie, Newman was like, you know, gritting his teeth, angry, visibly angry watching Jerry make out. And so he comes over to Jerry's apartment when Jerry's not there and Jerry's parents are. And he's just to tell him. And he starts, yeah, he he tattles, but he does it in a slimy way, you know, acts like he's just trying to be helpful. (laughs) Ta-ta. Uh, Jerry says of Newman, I've looked into his eyes. He's pure evil. (laughs) Newman, who works as a postal carrier, has made some claims about the postal service, like uh, zip codes are meaningless. (laughs) Yeah, and then he throws his head back and laughs. He said, uh, no mail (laughs) carrier, this one makes me laugh, no mail carrier has successfully delivered more than 50% of their mail. (laughs) (laughs) He compared such a feat to the three-minute mile. (laughs) He tells George that he he doesn't work in the rain. It's raining out. I don't work in the rain. And George says, nor rain, nor sleep. It's the first one. Any packages that arrive at the post office with damaged, unreadable, or missing address labels are considered freebies. Postal (laughs) workers are thus free to help themselves to the package's contents. (laughs) There's a ton of good post office jokes in fucking Seinfeld. Now, a little behind the scenes trivia. Seinfeld felt that introducing a friend of Kramer might ruin part of Kramer's mystique, but Wayne Knight's performance convinced him otherwise. The part was initially going to be a one-time guest appearance, but Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld were so impressed with Knight, and he felt Newman was a character that they could further exploit. Michael Richards later explained, our show was driven by characters and there was no way that they were going to let Wayne Knight go. 
Mm-hmm. Newman was ranked number one on TV.com's list of the 10 most annoying neighbors. Uh, number two then has to be fucking Wilson from Home Improvement. What about Urkel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is a compliment to Newman, right? That list that he's number one on? Yeah, he would like that. Is, um, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Do you remember the first appearance from Newman, the character? I don't. I don't. Uh, let me see if it's on this sheet here. Hold on, it might be. His first year appearing was in 1992. Makes his first appearance in The Suicide, 15th episode of the third season of Seinfeld. Elaine needs to fast before an ulcer test. Jerry becomes worried when Newman sees Jerry with Gina. Later, in comatose Martin's hospital room, Newman hints to Jerry that he will tell Martin what's been going on with Jerry and Gina. Oh, look, right here. Remember earlier I was talking about the siblings of the main four? They never mention them. Mm-hmm. So, in this episode, The Suicide, which is season three, features first of two references of George makes to his brother, and like Jerry's sister, mentioned for the first and only time in the Chinese restaurant, his sibling is never seen on screen. Oh, God. Yeah, they just abandoned that. Erased from existence. So, who the hell could number three be? Oh, you know who I haven't thought of yet is, um, seems like it'd be too high, but here we are. Uh, Steinbrenner with George. George Steinbrenner is number three with wow. 38 appearances. Cannot believe that. Just because he came in so late. Yeah. He was voiced by Larry David. George Steinbrenner is, uh, what, God, what would you call it? They're... Pretending to be the real George Steinbrenner, the former owner of New York Yankees, George Steinbrenner talked nonstop regardless of whether anyone was listening and sometimes referred to himself as Big Stein. (laughs) His face was never seen, but the back of Steinbrenner was the back of actor Lee Bear. The real George Steinbrenner died of a heart attack July 13th, 2010. uh, I, I don't know anything about George Steinbrenner outside of what's on Seinfeld. Was the, like the mannerisms and the voice and the way of talking, was that yeah. all a parody of real things? People okay. said that, yeah, it, that, that it sounded a lot like how he w- was at least at one time. Do you remember when Steinbrenner called the um, chicken guy, <laughs> like in Tyler Chicken or something in Texas, and that guy, the CEO there, is just like Steinbrenner and that you only see the back of him, but he always clucks his head like a fucking chicken <laughs> when he talks? <laughs> Yeah. I love Steinbrenner. His character's really fun. In The Wink, Steinbrenner mentions to all the people that he fired, he says Billy Martin four times, and then he <laughs> mentions the then current manager, Buck Walter, but quickly swears George Costanza to silence. It was attended as a joke. Two weeks after the episode aired, the Yankees announced that they had parted ways with Walter. Just a coincidence, I assume. Yeah, well, I mean, they also, like, fired people all the time. Yeah. So, after George locks his keys in his car when he's parked, it's parked at the Yankees' Mm -hmm. parking lot. It eventually leads Steinbrenner to believe that George is dead. (laughs) It's like, what a leap to make. Like, well, he must be dead. And And he runs with it, too. (laughs) Yeah, so he he calls the Costanzas and tells them that George is dead. No, he shows up on their, at their house. Oh, right. Frank calls Jerry. Yeah, Frank calls Jerry and leaves him a voicemail that says, uh, 
George is dead, Steinbrenner's here, call me back. <laughs> yeah. And then rather than mourn the loss of his son, Frank Costanza uses the opportunity to viciously chastise George Steinbrenner for trading Jay Booner. You don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> During the same conversation where he finds out his son is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and bef- right before that, he had been kind of in a sulking looking mood. He hadn't been talking. So you're thinking he's upset about George, but really he was just trying to hold in his anger at Steinbrenner for his trades. He was trades. brooding at, those, at his baseball moves. <laughs> yeah. George Steinbrenner loves the calzones. He does love a good calzone. I love when he talks to himself too. Like I think George is in the room and Steinbrenner is talking to himself and he's like, what the hell is this? I've never seen this before. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, Steinbrenner, he's good. That's it. That's all 10. I'm going to run through them one more time. Are you impressed with me? Just say it. Fucking stunned. Yeah. These are the top 10 Seinfeld characters ranked by number of appearances. Number 10 was Uncle Leo. Hello. Tied for number 8 are Morty Seinfeld and Jay Peterman. Number 7, Helen Seinfeld. Number 6, Frank Costanza. Number 5, Estelle Costanza. Number 4 was Susan Ross. Number 3 was George Steinbrenner. Number two is Newman. Newman. And number one was the cashier, Ruthie Cohen. So we all know Frank is your favorite and mine. So removing Frank, who's your second favorite here? Oh, on this list, it would be Morty Seinfeld, yeah. I think I'd go Estelle, actually, George's mom. And then I'd do Morty at three. And Newman, oh, fuck, it's hard to put Newman so far down, but I think I'd put Newman above Morty. So it'd go, for me, it would go Frank, Estelle, Newman, Morty. Fair enough. All right. Well, by the way, if you need more Seinfeld, we've covered Seinfeld. And uh, I was also in February of this year, a guest on the podcast called A Podcast About Something. And we ranked our favorite Kramer schemes. So you can listen to that. It was, uh, I don't know the episode number, but it was in February 2021, A Podcast About Something. Brandon, I have something to tell you. Okay. And it's, I love you. I love you. (laughs) Right back at you, Slick. And I love our listeners, and I hope you'll follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at TennisPod. You can get full episodes and teaser videos at youtube.com slash TennisPodcast. We'll be back next week with my list, and it's a good one, Brandon. You're going to like it. Good deal. Actually, you're not. I brought a list that you're going to hate. Okay, well, I don't know what to think. Cool. See ya. See ya.